this is such a simple tool to help you create new habits. Um, and it works because a, while you're, you know, so we'll talk about exactly how you do it in a minute, but while you're there relaxed, you're, and going through the mental rehearsal is forcing you to plan in great detail, you know, how you're going to do what you want to do. And we know that likelihood that success is much more likely if you've got a good, good plan. So that's one reason it works. Welcome to Champions Mojo, a podcast to bring out your inner champion. Your hosts are sisters-in-law, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Kelly is a former Division I head swim coach, Olympic trials qualifier, and holds national and world records in master swimming. Maria holds world records in endurance cycling and won the world's toughest bike race, Race Across America. Both are certified health and life coaches. Our goal is to inspire you through conversations with champions. And now your host, Kelly Palace. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast, where today we will be talking about mental rehearsal. We all know that we can improve just about anything with practice. What most champion athletes also know is that significant improvement in their sport can be done with mental practice. This can happen anytime and anywhere and goes on inside their heads. In fact, they are usually relaxed with their eyes closed. And today we're excited to talk about how you can use this very simple tool to improve your own life. Hello, Maria. Are you ready to talk about mental rehearsal and how it works? Sure. I'm actually really excited about Kelly. I've just started using mental rehearsal outside of athletics. I've used mental rehearsal for athletics for a long time since she taught me how to do it 25 years ago, but, or even longer, but, but I, I have just started using it to help myself create positive new habits in my life and to get rid of negative habits that have nothing to do with my athletics. So there's some great research that experiencing a really clear image in your mind is almost as powerful as if the experience happens in real life. So today we're going to talk about how and why mental rehearsal works and how to add it to your own life. Yeah, this is such a, a great topic and one that, you know, it's kind of like a, a simple yet the, the most powerful tool that we can use. And we don't often or many people don't often take advantage of something so simple that can really affect their life. So there yeah. there's real science on this. And we're going to we're going to kind of talk about two sides to this. So there's little rehearsals that can just change habits and and make a difference in your life like, you know, the smallest you know, the longest journey starts with the smallest steps. And then there's ways to, you know, think about huge uh mental rehearsals of things that, that you want to manifest. So Maria, you want to go over uh, a study that Dr. Biasiato did at the University of Chicago? <laughs> yeah, I think this one is very famous. And it's, it's sort of, I don't know how long ago it was, but um, I love this study because it's, it really helps people to see how mental rehearsal can change little things or even big things. So basically, this guy was at the University of Chicago, as you said, and he split uh, basketball players into three groups. And he tested each group on how many free throws they could make. So the first group just practiced regularly uh, every day for an hour. And the second group 
just visualize themselves making free throws. They didn't actually physically practice, and the third group didn't do anything. And so after 30 days, he tested them. And this is what's so amazing. So the first group, as you would anticipate, improved by 24%. The third group didn't improve at all, which was expected. They weren't doing anything. But the second group, which only did mental rehearsal, they improved 23% without even touching a basketball, just lying there, visualizing themselves, you know, getting that basketball into the basket. So I, I, that's just blows my mind that if you have a good visualization practice or a good mental rehearsal practice, you can really change something without ever actually doing that thing. Um, I loved it. And I, you know, and I'm, I, I, I loved what you, how you opened the show talking about sort of um, the habits that we can change. And this is what was sort of blew my mind when we started talking about this is like, yeah, you can use this for really big things. You can manifest. And I, I, I want you to tell some stories, Kelly, because I think you have some good ones about bringing good things to life in your life by just imagining them. And I would call that praying. You would call it visualization. But but it was what blew my mind was this idea that, hey, I can change even little things by just practicing them on my mind first instead of, anyway, we'll get to that. So, But first I want to talk about the big visualizations. I was so fortunate to be invited to the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs as a young athlete. I, I think I was 16 or 17 and it was the it was a distance camp so that's where I got into learning to visualize and mentally rehearse so I remember just kind of arriving there because you know where I swam at in um, Northern Virginia for Northern Virginia Aquatic Club and then Northern Virginia Fun and Fitness for John Flanagan uh, the very famous coach there who's just iconic. Uh, we just did a lot of face down miles in the pool. There was not a lot of mental visualization. So when I was shipped off to Colorado Springs and we would get in a big room and it would be dark and we laid on our backs and they turned off the lights and did a relaxation exercise, which we're going to talk about. So in order to do any kind of visualization, whether you want it to be big or small, you need to get in a quiet place, maybe a dark place in a relaxed state, do deep breathing. And then they had us visualize the outcome of a big race that we had coming up. So I learned that back in, I'm going to say, how old was I at 16? In the 80s. I really got hooked on it then. And I used it throughout my life in both sports and non-sporting activities because the brain does really, the, the research shows the brain does not know the difference between something vividly imagined and something, you know, that, that you actually did. In fact, I kind of ask people sometimes when I'm working with them on mental training, visualization, mental rehearsal, whatever you want to call it. If you've ever told a lie, a little lie, just a, a little white lie, Maybe you told your parents. I think kids are more likely to do this. You know, oh, what did you do on the 4th of July? You tell your parents, oh, well, uh, <clears throat> we went to get ice cream, mom and dad, when you might have really been, you know, drinking beer down at the lake or whatever you were doing. And then you have to continue that lie because you've told it. And then after, you know, years, <laughs> you can't really remember what you did on the 4th of July. I mean, that's just one little stupid example. But... One of the stories that I want to tell that I think... Oh, wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait. So in your memory, you 
actually went for ice cream on the yes. 4th of July. <laughs> yes, yes. I and I mean, I think I, that's really true. That's really true. It's true. If you've ever, like, if you've ever had to tell a lie, and that this helps when you get older and older, but you just have reinforced, like, you just can't determine what really happened. And, and they say that our brain changes memories all the time anyway. So we're already changing memories, but there, there is so much here. There's so much on big manifestations, but one of my favorite kind of common stories that I heard that just, like you said, just blew me away. So I was just getting into college coaching in the early nineties and really, well, I was kind of in the middle of college coaching in the early nineties. And I remember reading a story about the ultimate Olympic gold medalist in the 200 meter backstroke for men in the 1992 Olympics. And if you, you know, if you know your history of who won that event, it was Martin Zubero. Now, Martin is really an American. He grew up in Jacksonville, Florida, um, but he has, he's of Spanish descent and he has, you know, Spanish citizenship. And so he swam at the University of Florida. He was, you know, he's a great swimmer, obviously, but he chose to go to the 1992 Olympics for Spain. And that happened to be really cool because that in the 1992 Olympics were held in Barcelona, Spain. But Martin was still living and training and working in the United States. So I read that before, and, and if I recall, I may not be getting this exactly right, but if I recall, he was not particularly the favorite to win the 200 meter backstroke in 1992. He was definitely a, a contender, but not, you know, the actual world record holder at the time or anything that would have made him like a shoe in. But when the Barcelona Aquatic Center pool was being constructed prior to the Olympics, so that always starts probably a year in advance in 1992, he flew from the United States to Barcelona to get a look at the pool. And the pool was still under construction. They didn't have the water in the pool. They uh, basically just, he just wanted to kind of get a feel for it. And he flew there, stood behind the blocks, even though it was still under construction, so that he could visualize his race and then came back to the United States and went on to go and swim in that pool and win the Olympic gold medal. And I just think that it was so powerful that he thought it important enough to fly all the way to Spain to see that. And I, I think this is really super powerful. In fact, unfortunately, you know, the NCAAs were canceled this year, but I did uh, the interview on location and actually you were there on Zoom in person with Jack Bowerly at the University of Georgia uh, this spring, and I videotaped the pool. I went to the locker rooms, I did behind the blocks, I did the stands, and I put it on a little seven-minute video for my NC State women's swimming team so they could mentally rehearse what it was like. I stood behind the blocks because that's where the women's NCAA swimming championships were going to be at the University of Georgia. So I believe that it's so important to put yourself in that environment in your mind. If you can't go there, maybe there's a video, maybe there's a picture, or you can create it. And those are the big things, like the end of a marathon finish shoot or 
the final graduation ceremony of walking across the stage. But I think we have to see those big accomplishments and mentally rehearse all five senses. What does it smell like? What does it sound like there? What does it feel like there? What does it taste like there? All those senses, if we can put them into our minds and the more we do them, the better and the more that they can become a reality. And so I, that's from the, that's kind of the 50,000 foot view of why mental rehearsal is so important. And it really, really works. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned something that's really important about mental rehearsal and that is when you're imagining and I'm going to get down to so, sort of more of the, the lower view. But when you're imagining yourself, you have to use all five senses. And it has to be first person. It can't be like you can't be seeing yourself there. You have to be in yourself. You're an actor in this drama. And you're smelling the smell in the case of the chlorine. Or let's let's use another example um, that's maybe closer to home. You're you're trying to get yourself into a habit of doing daily yoga, or you know. And so when you know if you're, it's it sounds silly. Why not just go do the yoga? But you know, lots of times we have trouble making ourselves do the things that we know we want to do or are good for us. And so mental rehearsal, you imagine yourself getting up. You know, you you um, you imagine yourself sipping that hot coffee and then turning on your video or whatever you're doing yoga with. And you imagine, you know, the smells in the house or the place where you're going to be. You imagine the feel of the yoga mat under your butt. You imagine the, the sound of the instructor. You imagine, but you also imagine feeling good while you're doing it. And we'll get to why that's important in a minute. But you imagine, you know, for, for the big things, for, you know, crossing the stage for your graduation from medical school, you know, you're, you're thinking, I've done it. You know, you're imagining yourself thinking this. I've done it. I'm here. I'm a physician. You can hear the crowd. You can look out and see your mom and dad's faces, you know. So basically, it's so important to be yourself in this play of your successful self. Um, and I love that you, you know, you it, all five senses is so important. And I, and I, I want to talk about, you know, again, more on the micro way of looking at this, you know, you can use this, this is such a simple tool to help you create new habits. Um, and it works because a, while you're, you know, so we'll talk about exactly how you do it in a minute, but while you're there relaxed, you're, and going through the mental rehearsal it's forcing you to plan in great detail, you know, how you're going to do what you want to do. And we know that likelihood that success is much more likely if you've got a good, good plan. So that's one reason it works. Another reason it works is it allows you to see yourself as the kind of person who, you know, does yoga every day or is a physician or, you know, succeeds at whatever. Um, and so that helps you change your identity. You know, and I think a lot of us want to be this person and we don't know how to get there. And mental rehearsal allows us to imagine ourselves pleasurably becoming the person that we want to be, you know, and, 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 you know, we just learned through our coaching training that, and I, I love this, that we do things that are pleasurable. <laughs> so if we're imagining ourselves doing, you know, changing our habit and maybe doing something that might seem hard to us, if we imagine us, you know, we imagine the pleasure around it or the pleasure around the success of it, then we're much more likely to do that because we do things 
we do things that that feel good to us and we, we do things that increase our serotonin level and our pleasure so so that's that's why it works you know and, and if you if you believe it works then you know you, you you'll you know you'll be much much more likely to try this and i have Absolutely. Since I've just really started in the last few months trying to use mental rehearsal for small things rather than big things, it really does work. <laughs> you know, so for I'll give you an example. I and this is something I'm continuing to work on, but and I've talked about it like food preparation to eat healthfully. You need to do food prep and, you know, you need to think you got to You can't just the food doesn't magically appear healthfully prepared on a plate, at least not in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it did, but it doesn't. So for me, the the food prep and the planning and going to the grocery store and doing the food isn't isn't all that much fun. Um, and so it's something that I've really struggled with. But I've but I've been working on rehearsing, you know, every day rehearsing myself, you know, having, ha you know, that day. What you know, what am I doing for food today? And rehearsing the fun and pleasure I will get around. You know, I imagine myself, okay. You know, you're finding, you know, you're deciding what you're going to eat. And usually I try to have a menu for a few days, you know, what, you know, and you're going to the store and it's great to see the beautiful vegetables. And I can imagine myself smelling the, you know, the avocado and squeezing it and seeing if it's, uh, you know, if it's, if it's ripe or whatever. And I'm imagining myself coming home and, and imagine myself, you know, enjoying music while I prepare food and I'm doing it early in the day when I have, you know, I'm fresh. And so that's, it's been very effective in helping me have a pleasurable feeling around mental rehearsal and also a plan and it's changing who I am to be the kind of person who doesn't mind food prep, who loves food prep, who does food prep because she knows it's important to her health. Yes, Maria, I think those, you know, the 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 sayings, you know, the longest journey starts with one step or you can eat a whole elephant one bite at a time that when right, we're trying right. even if we're trying to win an Olympic gold medal or we're trying to, you know, get a college degree or something big it all has to start with those small steps. And I I think using the visualization, even if it's as simple as, so nothing is harder, I believe, than getting out of a warm, comfortable bed to do exercise in the morning, whether you're headed to swim <laughs> practice or headed to get on a a bike and get out in the cold or whether you're going on a run or whether you're just, you know, getting up for work when you're tired. But I, I feel like that because I learned this at an early age, it is so natural for me to have two visualizations before I go to sleep. And I constantly do this. So when I, you know, when I was young, I swam and our, I think I've said this before, but our swim practice started at 5 a.m. We hit the water at 5 a.m. So I had to wake up about 4.15 because I wanted to be leaving my driveway at 4.30. And oftentimes, you know, we didn't have a garage, so I had to hack the ice off the windshield. And so when I went to sleep, I would always imagine two outcomes. One, that I would get up and you know, grab my swim bag and a Pop-Tart, which I did, and head out the door with, you know, a thermos of hot something and drive to swim practice and listen to the radio and see my friends and have the, you know, endorphin high of having done a swim practice before school. And then I, you know, would drive home and it would just be, that was one visualization. And then there was the other one, which I sometimes thought about, which was, I wake up and I'm warm and comfortable and I hit the alarm and turn it off and I go back to sleep. 
And so those two different, those are mental rehearsals. I mean, those are yeah. clearly mental rehearsals. So if you want to get up and run or swim or ride your bike or just do the laundry or whatever you need to do, you've said that, oh, you're going to spend an hour meditating every morning, journaling, meditating, doing yoga, whatever it is that you need to get out of bed and do. Maybe the week before you decide to implement this, just visualize it every day before you actually implement it. And I love putting in the joy, the joy of, mm. of seeing it, of the pleasure of it, and also of being that person who does the thing that you want to do. Yeah, I, I, I love that example, Kelly, because in fact, this very morning, last night, I did a, a really tough bicycle race, a virtual bicycle race. On, this is your on, Thursday night time trials, right? It's my Thursday night time trials. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's tough. I mean, it was exhausting. I got dropped it, you know, I was the last person to finish. But um you well, know, you're probably was... riding with 20 year olds, Maria, you know, no, I am. I am not. I wish that were the case. These but these women are so tough. But anyway, but I, I did it. It felt great. I was so sore and tired. I took a shower. Jim and I chatted. We got into bed. Then this morning at 511, I, you know, I looked up and saw the, you know, the clock. Um, Jim said, hey, you want to get up and go for a ride? And I thought, no, I'm too tired. But then I remembered how fun it would be to ride in the beautiful here. The, it gets light at four thirty. to ride in the beautiful uh, early morning light and um, and how pleasurable it would be to spend that time with Jim and how great we'd feel afterwards. And he's often told me the days that we ride together in the morning, they're my best days at work. And oh, um, I love you know, that. And how, yeah. And how it would bond us and you know, we're discovering new areas to ride around. And I thought, you know, get your butt out of bed and do this because it wasn't an intentional visualization, but it was a it was a reminder of how fun it was going to be. So I associate it with the pleasure of a great relationship with Jim, a ple the pleasure of riding, you know, um, and, it, you know, it wasn't a particularly tough ride, but getting out of bed was tough. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. So, I, yeah, it's the ple to me, that's a really important thing. And also using your senses, um, but we'll get into that. Do you want to go through kind of the procedure for mental rehearsal, Kelly? Sure. Yeah. In fact, I think we can just assume that people are not driving or doing operating heavy machinery. So if uh, <laughs> if, if you want to, if you are, if you, you want to do this, stop. just pause this and listen to it later. But I think we could just do a real quick one. You know, like a, a little a little visualization that could help. Um, if you've never done it. And so one of the best ways to relax is to, you know, kind of let a big, deep breath. So take in two or three deep breaths. And if you want to do this with us, that's great if you, if you don't, but you just some nice, deep breathing. And one of the ways that they, um, the experts say is if you breathe in for five seconds, and you hold it for five seconds, and then you release for seven seconds. So you let a good letting go breath. So just a nice, you know, letting go breath. And if you can do that two or three times, that will bring you into that parasympathetic state, which is the relaxation response. And that kind of turns off the critter brain. It will get you more into a creative state. And if you can be you know, in a quiet, dark place where you're not going to be interrupted and in a comfortable position, you don't even, you don't necessarily need to be 
laying down uh, if you want to be, that's fine. But you could also just be doing this, you know, in your car on your lunch hour or somewhere where you're not going to be disturbed. And then if you need to tense and release your muscles, you can go through your entire body tensing like your feet and relaxing your feet and tensing your calves and relaxing. And you can go all the way up through your quads, your hamstring, your glutes, your abs, your back muscles, tense your fists, your forearms, your arms, your neck, clench your jaw, release your jaw. So now you're, you know, you're, it's a, that's a great way to go to sleep too, the tensing and releasing. And then when you go from there, you want to bring yourself into kind of a peaceful place. So if that for you is a babbling brook in the middle of a forest or the ocean with the sun rising over it, but start trying to create images in what I call your mind's eye. It's just, you know, it's just a canvas that's blank. So start being able to use those ideas. And then whatever the situation, wherever you want, whatever habit you want to create or outcome you want to see, then as Maria said, you need to be there in person in that situation. So one of the most ones that I'm so familiar with is, you know, standing behind the block at a, at a big competition. So I am standing there. I can look out like right now I could particularly envision the university of Minnesota aquatic center. And, you know, I'm standing there barefoot. My feet are wet behind the block. I'm standing behind lane number four and I can hear the announcer announcing the swimmers in the heat before me. I can see all the gigantic aquatic stands, you know, everybody in the stands and the big uh, scoreboard with the times coming up. And I can smell the chlorine. I can hear the announcer. I can hear the splashes behind me in the warm-up pool and in front of me with the, the swimmers. And then you know, the, the double whistle for my heat to step up on the block. And when I step up on the block, I can feel that sandy, gritty, uh, you know, swim block under my feet. And I feel the nerves. I mean, just saying this, my, my stomach has just got butterflies. And, you know, I visualize grabbing the block and feeling that uncomfortable metal edge under my fingers and my toes. It's very painful in some blocks to grip your toes around the block and I see myself streamlining off the block and having a beautiful long slim dive that goes in deep and streamlined and several dolphin kicks before I come up and and then I'm not going to take you through the whole race but whatever that is for you you need to put in all those senses and if I fast forward to the end of that race where I look up at the, you know, I'm, I'm dominating my heat. I look up at the scoreboard. I see one next to my name and the time that I want. And so swimming is pretty easy as far as a visualization, because you've got all those things that you can put in, but it, whatever your passion, your goal, your, your, um, arena, you habit, can, your habit, your habit, your new habit, you can put in all those things and, just like just going through that as a recording with my eyes closed 
I swear I feel like I have just swum that race. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. And, and you did a great job of describing all the senses. And I mean, I think, again, this is something you can apply to anything you want to do. I mean, it's, it's sort of a positive. So if you want to change a bad habit, you need to replace it with something good. So, you know, if, if it's for me, I gave the example, let's say, let's use another example. Like you want to start, um, walking every day, you know, you, you have to, you have to have a cue, which, you know, so you're relaxing, you're imagining the cue. Well, for, for your, for you, the cue might be your alarm clock. You're waking up. The first thing you're going to do is go for a walk. And so, you know, you, you, you hear the alarm clock, you see yourself putting, you know, your clothes on you. You know, you, you, you feel how good it feels to, to, you know, to, to wear, you know, your Lycra or whatever, you know, you see yourself lacing up your shoes, you smell the damp air outside as you're beginning your walk. You know, you just got to bring it, you hear the birds, you know, a, a big part of my morning uh, outside exercise is hearing the birds. I listen for the birds. It's a part of my visualization when I want to do a good workout. But anyway, yeah, so you, so bringing, you did a great job. And like you said, swimming has got that, those particular sights and smells and sounds and feels it. but you can do that with anything and so if you want to 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 create a new habit you got to start with thinking exactly what you want to do and being very clear yeah about and it. i i love the replacing a bad habit so here's yes. here's here's a visualization a visualization that i'm going to try because everybody all our listeners who know me know that my my bugaboo you say marie started I don't know if you were joking me or not. Oh, Kelly, you don't have any bad habits. Well, of course <laughs> I do. But um, my one that I that I want to break is, of course, my scratching. And my hands, like I've said, eggs in my hands are particularly itchy. But if I iced my hands versus scratching my hands, oh, that would great. stop. But but I, I've never visualized. So uh, let's take that, for example. So I could try, which I'm going to do, is... When I go to sleep tonight, I'm going to imagine if I have itchy hands tomorrow, instead of scratching them, I'm going to get a bowl of cool water, throw a few ice cubes in there, and I'm going to submerge my hands in ice instead of scratch them. So to replace oh, nice. that. So, Maria, what one would you do for your little sometimes overly snacking on chocolate or something sweet? What, what can <laughs> yeah. you like? What That's would your visualization So. When I feel anxious or worried or have a bad conversation or something that, that sends me over, I think my visualization, my, my replacement would be, I need, I need to relax and I need to unwind from whatever happens. So I love looking at room interiors on Pinterest. So I was thinking, oh, this is a, would be a great new habit. So when I feel that tension after I've you know, had a bad conversation or had a difficult something, you know, with work, instead of going reaching for the chocolate, which is very soothing, mm -hmm. um, I will reach for my, my phone or my little laptop and go right to Instagram, which I don't usually allow myself to do, but it's very relaxing for me. And then, and look at interiors and that will, or gardens. I love garden pictures too. So, and that will, that would be a great replacement for me, um, for when I feel tension and I need to do something to unwind from something difficult. So thanks I, for asking that question. Uh, 
Oh, Maria, I love that. And no wonder your house always looks amazing. It always, <laughs> it does. Your home always looks like something out of a magazine. So that well, there is you go. so, so cool. So I, I'm going to challenge any listener, if you want to email us at hello at Champions Mojo and let us know what uh, habit you replace. Like, like, just let's do the small, you know, micro thing. What's a bad habit that you've been doing or something you want to implement that you're going to start visualizing? Because I, I think that's really fun. So if you write it yeah. down, it makes it even more real. It's true. It's true. And I, I love what you said about like, even before you implement this new habit, practicing it mentally first for a whole week or a few days, you know, I think I think that's a great reminder that, hey, the mental, yeah, we can do it. We can practice it even before we're ready. You know, we talk about changes, you know, there's contemplation, there's, there's pre-contemplation, contemplation, then there's change. So this could be part of your contemplation. Okay. I'm getting ready to change this habit. I'll just, first I'll just mentally rehearse it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Let's just, too. let's just dip our toe in the water. I love it. Yeah. All right, yeah. Maria. Well, that is a, that's such powerful stuff. I mean, I just, it really I can, is. I can it really never, is. I can never get enough of this topic. Yeah. I remember when you first introduced it to me years and years and years ago, I was like, oh my gosh. And, you know, since then, you know, yes, it's fabulous. I really, uh, I think um, it, it's probably worth another show just to talk about it some more and different aspects of it. But yeah, very powerful. Yes. All right. Well, Maria, it's been great spending this time with you today as always. And I hope you have a wonderful day with a lot of great mental rehearsal. <laughs> Thanks, Kelly. I love you. Love Bye-bye. you too. Bye-bye. This week's quote of the week comes to us from Napoleon Hill. What the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast with host Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Champions Mojo is produced by Cabra Media, and a new episode debuts every Tuesday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Follow Champions Mojo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Champions Mojo.